Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. series entitled No Perfect People Allowed. And, and if you feel that that's you this morning, I just want to tell you, you're in good company. Because in this place today are a bunch of imperfect people that are flawed, that have issues, that's got a little mess, got some stains in their life. So you are in good company if you find you, if you think that you are in perfect. And, and today is the conclusion of this series. Next week, we start an amazing series. See, my wife and I were having this conversation. I, I tend to jump ahead. And when I'm doing my, my study for the next series, I get so excited, I forget to wrap the other one. And I was like, oh, man, it's just some, I mean, I just say this, you don't want to miss a single day of next series where it's saturate. And I'm really going to just be dealing with the heart of the matter. What you saturate your heart with determines the life you live. What you spend most of your time feeding your heart with determines the life you live. Oh, man, I'm going to go win, y'all. I'm going to go win. I'm going to need some shouting when I start that one next week. But I'm I'm so excited about that, and you don't want to miss a single Sunday. I got so much good news to share with you all about just how God has been blessing us. But I'll share that maybe at the end of the service or just next week. I really want to share this word that God laid on my heart for you because it's so so important that you get what, 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 what's going on in terms of not being perfect, but that doesn't give you a pass, okay? I'm not perfect, but it doesn't give you a pass to stay in your mess. I'm, I'm not perfect. It doesn't give you a pass to say, you know, I'm not perfect. You aren't perfect. We aren't perfect. God will forgive me. It doesn't give you a pass to continue a lifestyle that doesn't honor God, okay? And so here's what I want to say. My message today is come as you are. That's our, that's our thing here. You know, uh, one, of my, one of my little homies came in today. He had shorts on. His grandma was like, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't have jeans on. I was like, yo, that's perfect because here at Mosaic Church, come as you are. Come as you are in terms of your dress code. Come as you are in terms of where you are spiritually. Come as you are in terms of what you believe and what you don't believe, but don't stay as you are. I don't care how you come. I don't, I don't care what you look like. I don't care how you feel on the inside, but our goal is to make sure you leave here better than when you came here. I want to make sure that when you come through that doors, those doors, you're not walking into a cafetorium. You are walking into a spiritual hospital where God can heal any of your infirmities. I don't care if you're spiritually ill, physically ill. This is a place called holy ground, and this is a place where you can be redeemed. I don't want you to come through this door one way and leave the same way. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. And our goal today is to get you to that place. Sure, no perfect people are allowed, but we want to get you to a place where you are working on God's perfection. Here's the one thing I want to share with you. God is easy. He, God is easy to please. Honestly, 
if you just do a few little things, God is pleased with the stuff you do. But it's extremely difficult and almost impossible to satisfy God. God is never satisfied. You think that you've given your best, and God is like, cool, I'm pleased with that. <laughs> At a boy, at a girl, good job, way to go. But you know what? Not satisfied. I was having a conversation with my son, Ja'Kai, yesterday, and it's one of those boys in the hood moments. If you've watched it, you know what I'm talking about, where Furious is cutting his son's hair, and he's dropping some knowledge. Well, anyway, that's when me and Ja'Kai have our deepest conversations, when I'm, you know, hooking up his fade and all that stuff. And so we're cutting his hair, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing, and I says, Son, you know, give me, give me in your eyes, in your own words, tell me three adjectives that describe you. And I says, and then I'll, I'll follow up and give you three adjectives that describe you according to what I, what I see. And so uh, he struggled a bit. I says, you know what adjective? He says, yeah, 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 Dad, I know. But, you know, I says, okay, I'll start. I says, you're intelligent. You are very creative. You're extremely charming. I says, and I'll add two more. You're very funny. And then, you know, and I added a, a fifth. And so uh, I said, do you feel the same way? And he's like, no, oh, but dad, you know, you're always on me. You're always pushing me. I said, son, it's easy for you to please me, but I don't think I'll ever be satisfied because I know what your full potential is. See, how God knows the plans he has for my life as your daddy, I've kind of created a roadmap to draw the plans for your life. So you can please me when you get an A. You can please me when you hit the honor roll, but I'm not satisfied until you graduate through college, get married, and be in my position as a father and raise a family in the same way. And, and in that conversation, I said, you know what, I'm going to preach that tomorrow because it makes sense god is pleased with the stuff that we do especially if it honors him but he's not satisfied you've not reached your full potential and when you reach your full potential you will make a grand exit from this place called earth he's easy to please but difficult to satisfy come as you are but don't stay as you are because here's the thing just like God sees your potential, I see greater potential in each and every one of you. Well, no matter where you are today, God has something even greater in store for you, but you have to see it. And the only way you can see it is if you begin to spend time with him and allow for him to speak into your life and tell you what he sees in you. But that starts with you spending time with him. You know, in a perfect world, I'd love to see every seat filled in this place. But I think who's supposed to be here today is here. Who God wants to hear this message, it is for you. Your name is on it. I want to share a story about uh, some guys who ran to Jesus, needed something from him. They all left his presence, all changed, but only one was transformed. And you'll find this story in the book, and it, it's, it'll be on the screen, and it's also in your notes if you have them. It, it, it's coming from the book of Luke, chapter, chapter 17, verses 11 through 17. And I know some of you are very familiar with this particular uh, uh, passage of Scripture, but today I want to hopefully uh, pre prevent it, uh, present it to you in a way that you see it in a different eye. If you have it, just read along with me. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, 
he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, ten leopards stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Stop right there. You know, when I read this before, the many times I read it, I always thought that they ran toward him and said, have mercy on us. But then I read this again. I said, wait a minute. Hold on, B. You've been reading this wrong for a while now, bro. Well, at least in your mind's eye. They actually stood at a distance. They didn't even approach the man. They were just yelling, yo, hook me up with a blessing. I know that's you. I see you because of what you're wearing, what you look like, who your homeboys are. Hook me up, Jesus. I need help. They didn't approach him. They didn't, they didn't run up to him. I always thought that. They yelled out for him. And even in the yelling, here's what happens. Check this out. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Even their far away, long distance, shout to God, hook me up, still got them cleansed. Watch this. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. That's when he made the approach. When he saw that he had been not changed, not just cleansed, when he saw that he was healed. But watch this. I'm about to show you where transformation happens. This is where it gets good. He ran back. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. Now, why did the writer throw this next line in? Why, why would he do that? This man was a Samaritan. Why would he do that, James? Why would the writer throw that line in there? Why, 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 why do you want to draw your attention on this one leper who ran back and say that he was a Samaritan? I'll tell you why. Because those others were just like us. They were Jews who had been cursed with this disease called leprosy. They were used to going to the priests and the priests praying for them, and some type of blessing would happen for them. They were used to having access to to spiritual people that had power to do some amazing things for them. But this Samaritan was not. And many of us are like that, those ten, those nine lepers who were healed and run away, uh, uh, and, and that's it. No gratitude, no thank you. We get on our knees, God, I need this. God, bless me here. God, uh, if you would just, just, just take care of this one issue, God does it, and you don't take the time to say thank you. But this Samaritan who was not used to having access to this great man who was performing miracles, I'm sure they'd heard that he'd already healed some people with the same illness, with the same ailment that they had. They'd heard of his miraculous powers. They'd heard of his miraculous transformation. And all of them yelling out, didn't even go, didn't even have the authority to go, the audacity to go near the man. Just yelling it out, yo, hook me up. And Jesus, with his big old heart, says, all right, cool, let me throw it to you. Go see whoever, and you're good. And nobody turned around and said thank you. But this Samaritan, who was not used to having access to God, who in the eyes of his other leper brothers was imperfect because he was considered a mixed breed because he was a Samaritan. He wasn't a whole Jew. He was a mixed breed. He was less than this one who was not perfect found it in his heart to be grateful because in his mind's eye, in his heart, he knew that he wasn't worthy of that blessing. He wasn't worthy of it. No perfect people allowed. Watch this. Here's where transformation happens. Jesus asked, 
didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? The one who is an outcast, the one who is a half-breed, the imperfect cat? And Jesus said to the man, transformation, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Wait, but I thought he was already healed, Pastor. You just read a minute ago he had leprosy, but, but, but now you're saying, he would, and then he was healed from that with, ten other, with nine other guys. Now you're saying he's healed again? <laughs> this is where it gets juicy. This is where the transformation happens. See, Jesus killed and cured the obvious, the flesh. That's easy. That was easy for him to do. But he transformed this Samaritan who was not, who didn't have access to him, who wasn't used to blessing. He transformed him internally so now that he would be forever changed. See, there's a difference between change, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. We're going to get into, I'm going to give you some definitions. But this man was transformed. His thinking was changed. Not only was he healed physically, visibly, everybody could see that. This dude who used to be all jacked up with spots and scars and all of this stuff on his body, that was obvious that he was clear. But there was a new thing that happened on the inside to where he would be eternally changed. That's transformation. And today, I'm hoping that you get that in your spirit because I want to talk with you all about not just changing, but changing for transformation. Come as you are. But don't stay as you are. Wherever you are today, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. God is easy to please, but he's certainly hard to satisfy. But here's the good news. You can work on it. You can work on it. And here's how you start if you're taking notes. Working on it, you start by praying. You start by praying. Prayer is the answer. Here, here, here Psalms 51.10, the, the writer was saying in this psalm, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. I love that. You know, sometimes I do that even while I'm driving and I'm feeling upset about something or when I'm driving and I'm feeling some type of way or even sometimes when I step in this place and it's just a handful of people trying to make this place beautiful for other people. I'm like, change my heart, God. Create in me a new heart. Because, and, and here's the thing. It's the part I love. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Not loyal to people, but loyal to you. So that I'm not angry about certain things, I'm celebrating the one thing, the one God, the one who does it, the one who I do it for. At the end of the day, all I want to make sure is that he is pleased with our labor. Create in me a new heart so that I can renew my loyalty to you. And here's the thing I know about prayer. Watch this. Prayer is the birth canal of the supernatural. It is the nexus of what is and what should be. Prayer is the place where human impotence and divine omnipotence intersect. 
Prayer is the place where human impotence, meaning where your human weakness occurs and God's omnipotent, powerful, strong presence intersect. When you get on your knees and you reach out to him where you are weak, he is strong. Where this person had leprosy and couldn't be healed, he knew that even if I just did a shout out, there would be something that would happen because I know the omnipotence and the power of this man who's been healing people with the same ailment that I have. So I just shouted out, hook me up, and he did. But when he realized it, he went back and says, shoot, now that I'm healed, I can actually go up to my man and get even more of that. Some of us have been blessing, and that's good. We like seasonal and temporal blessings. We like seasonal blessings. We're like, oh, I made it through that. All right, cool. Let me keep on going until something else happens. And that's exactly what happened with the nine lepers who didn't come back. They've been, they've been doing burnt offerings and sacrifices and all of this stuff to the temple. I'm sure at some point in their life, they received some blessing. And then they were even cured from leprosy. But they didn't realize what they had access to. It's like, now that I'm healed, now that I'm cured, I can go back in the temple and be, be in prayer. Now that I'm healed, I'm cured. I, I don't have to live in this leprous community where, where all of these people have leprosy. I can go and be in the general population. Now that I'm cured, wait a minute. Now that I'm cured, I can actually walk up and get more of that power from this man. Heck, I might want to embrace this dude now. And the Samaritans saw that. No, they didn't get down in prayer. But what are we doing? We pray. We're calling out to God. And what did they do? They called out to Jesus. And I'm telling you, it is the gateway. It is the birth canal. It is the place where supernatural things happen. Watch this. Prayer is when man, you and I, give earthly license for heavenly interference. Ooh, I like the way I said that. I might repeat it. Prayer is where you and I give earthly license for heaven to interfere. When I pray, I'm saying, God, disrupt my situation and bring me on point to yours. God, when I pray, I'm saying, flip my situation upside down. I want it to be completely turned around. I want to be made over. When I pray, what I'm saying is, turn it all around, make it new, do something radically different than I'm ever used to. I want people to look at me and say, Dad, it's not your hair, it's not your outfit. I know you don't got more money, it must be Jesus. Good Lord, today is good. God is easy to please, but he's hard to satisfy, but you can work on it through prayer. Here's the other thing, second thing I want to share with you. Work on it. Work on it. Here it is. You should work on being changed in order to be transformed. You should change to be transformed. And that sounds weird, right? It's like, well, aren't they sort of like the same thing has to be? Sort of. You're right, sort of. But to be transformed, it starts with you changing some things. You have to first decide in your mind that you want something radically different to happen in your life. And here's what happens with change. Change is that New Year's resolution that you put on your paper that you would exercise and lose a certain amount of weight and you would do a certain thing, but then it stopped. 
that's change. You changed. It, it happened. It, it, it happened for a season, but then somehow you found your way back to it. Change is, is deciding that, you know what, I'm not hanging out with so-and-so. They're no good for me, yada, yada, yada. But you run into them at the mall after about five years, or y'all discover each other on Facebook or social media, and y'all start making that connection again. They haven't changed. You have, but now you're rechanging and going back to hanging with them, thinking that, you know what, I'm going to give them what I have, and maybe I can change them. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. By the way, you can't change anybody. You can't. God never said, I want you to go share the gospel and change folk. He said, share the gospel, let him change folk. Woo, that's good to me this morning. <laughs> so don't get, so that's, 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 I just took some pressure from you. I just made it easy for you. Like, oh, man, I'm just going to say, hey, here's a word. Deuces. You are not, your job is not to change. You don't have that kind of power. You, you can't do that. But you can change you. You can begin to change your habits and who you hang out with. Here, here, here's what Romans says. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now, that's good. Because some of y'all are like, well, I don't, I don't do stuff for the world, so whatever. You know, that's cool. That's easy for me. I'm about to fix it for you. I said, I'm going to go deeper. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the American Christian wor world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. A lot of times, I just want to say this to you, a lot of times the church sets you up and you are actually doing some worldly things. A lot of times the church sets you up in the wrong way and you're doing stuff that God doesn't want you to do. A lot of times church will tell you that you actually have the power to change somebody. A lot of times the church will tell you you could do some of these crazy things and it's not your gifting. It's not what you've been called to do. I mean, there's Scripture that tells you some are called to do this. Some are called to do that. Some are called to do this. Others are called to do that. But there are some churches that says you have to do all of those in order to call yourself a Christian in this church. And sometimes the church jacks us up and tells us that we need to change our friends. We need to work on our friends. We need to change their heart. And that's wrong. We need to pray for them. We need to pray that God would begin to tuck on their heartstrings. We need to pray that God would do that, but we need to pray that God puts us in a place where we can begin to a, a conversation that would lead to godly change and eventually transformation. The church has set us up sometimes, so, so, I'm, so I'm sure you want to know what's the difference between change and transformation. Change is a temporary shift in lifestyle, habits, situations, and environments. You can live here one year and live there another. You've changed locations, you know. You, you, you can used to, be, used to drink, and now you say, I don't want to drink. You used to cuss, now you don't say all the words. You just say, damn, okay? And that's it for you, and you still feel guilty about that. That's in the Bible. That's okay to say it, you know. It's in the Bible, you know. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I won't say the other three-letter A word that's in there, too, because I would use it out of context. Transformation is a permanent shift from one nature. Watch this. This is really good. 
Change is temporary. Transformation is a permanent shift from one nature, substance, form, or condition to another. Now, I can't take credit for that definition. I got that right out the book, but it was so good. Why change it, right? Let's think about the butterfly. Oh, let me fix that. The caterpillar. That's transformation. That's radical transformation that happens by God. It, it's an ugly, fuzzy-looking thing that when you see it, you want to stomp on it. Now, if this thing actually survives and lives long enough, it'll build this little cocoon thing, go in there for a little bit, come out, and it's this beautiful thing that everybody wants to take pictures of and get tattoos on their body, of the butterfly. You never see nobody with a caterpillar tattoo? It's the same thing. Huh? I mean, if you want to be radical, get that, you know? Anyway, I'm off subject. It's the same. But we need to be like the caterpillar. We need people to see us in that form and then see us when we're transformed by God. They need to see a radical difference. And when you encounter your friends and your family or whoever, and they, and they look at you and say, something has changed about you, I can't put my finger on it, then maybe at that point you have been transformed, right? But if they look at you and say, oh, man, I can see you're working on something. Yeah, you, you stop hanging out. It's not necessarily transformation. That means you're changing, but you've not yet transformed. And we need to be to a, in a place where we're transformed, that whatever we, 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 we've gotten rid of some stuff in our past, we've completely did a, a full radical makeover and then been transformed, that people don't even recognize us anymore. That's what I want to happen for each and every one of us. Here's the other thing I want to share with you, and I love this. You can write this down. I was writing this down. I said, man, this is powerful. I like the way that sounded. Change fixes the past. Transformation creates the future. I'm going to say it again. Thank you for giving me permission, Tia. Change fixes the past. Transformation creates the future. When I wrote that, I said, man, that's powerful. I ain't going to even lie. I was just trying to sound deep when I was writing that. But when I read it, I said, that is right. If we think about the caterpillar, change fixes the past. Nobody wants to kill a beautiful butterfly. You're chasing them, trying to catch them and take pictures and get tattoos with them. And you want to show it to your kids and look at this beautiful butterfly. But everybody's trying to kill the caterpillar. Everybody's trying to kill you when you're down. Everybody's trying to tell you about who you used to be, trying to tell you about who you are or who you're not. Everybody's trying to kill your spirit, especially the spiritual adversary, trying to tear you down. But what you need is more people that's trying to lift you up and hold you up. And when people want to bring up your past, tell them, yo, you know what? You can send whatever you got to that address, but I don't live there anymore. I've moved. I've transformed. Matter of fact, we're not even in the same zip code anymore. I'm in a whole new place, a whole new spirit. Change. Change fixes your past. You can change and you can lose weight. That fixed who you were last year. For the record, I did my physical. I've lost almost 20 pounds. But with a couple cupcakes, I can get it right back. If I am not transformed, right? And I want to be transformed. And I'm not talking about just physically. I'm talking about spiritually. 
And I have been transformed to some degree. I'm not a, 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 a I never was a thug. I just was kind of hood. There's a difference, by the way, right? There's a huge difference, you know. Thug will beat you upside your head and rob you and, you know, all that stuff. I never robbed anybody. Thug, you know, thugs are real criminals. I was just a knucklehead that was from the hood that just did dumb stuff, right? And, and yeah, I saw, you know, many of us can, 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 can attest to that. I'm not that cat anymore, you know. I, I was a very radical person when it came to my culture and, and, and what I believed. And I didn't believe in God. I thought that I was God because of the rhetoric that I was believing, that I was reading, that I was pouring into my spirit, that I was saturating my heart with, right? But I'm no longer him. I'm no, I don't resemble him. I don't, I don't walk around even looking like him. I don't wear the, the kufi and the jalabiya and all of that stuff. I don't, I don't do all of that stuff. There was a time where, where if you weren't black or Latino, I wouldn't even communicate with you. I'm no longer that person. I love all people, all of God's people. I've been transformed, but I'm still a work in process. There's some other things that God is working on in my life to transform me completely into what he wants me to be. And it's the same thing for you all. We need to get to a place of permanent change. Here's the thing. You can change. Everyone in this room can change. I'm about to make it easy on you. Only God can do the transformation. So don't bust your, 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 your bottom trying to transform. You can't do that. You don't have the power. But you can change. And once you begin to change and allow God space, he can work on the transformation. One of my favorite cartoons, and then I'm going to go to the next point, growing up was Transformers. Loved it. Loved it. That was my joint Optimus Prime and all of that stuff. When the movie first came out, I skipped school to go see it type stuff. I mean, I was a huge fan of Transformers, but didn't know what it really meant to be a Transformer. And if you look at what a Transformer is, if you're familiar with it, if you have kids, if you don't, I did go back and watch uh, Transformers. I know some of my men can relate to this, this cartoon, which was a movie. You have a car. It's, it's one, serves one purpose, right? The car is a mode of transportation, right? It's beautiful. It's, it's a sign of luxury for some people. It's a car. But then all of a sudden, to fight the evildoers of the world, you know, the, the, the one, the, the, the enemy or whatever, they transform into these powerful robots. You don't know that they're a car anymore because they're these robots that suddenly talk, that suddenly have these weapons that come out of certain places, and they, they're fighting the evils and trying to save the world. They're a total different creation, and as a robot, they serve a different purpose. That's why they're called transformers, because they transform from one form of a thing, a car that served one purpose, to this mighty robot that protected the world, that served a whole nother purpose. I love Transformers. Y'all don't get it because y'all don't watch it. Y'all got to watch it, and I guarantee y'all get some amens on that. We're like, yeah, Optimus Prime is gully. He's tough. Thank you, Ayende. They, they don't know about Transformers, you know. All right. I, I, she said, I know about Transformers, and we need to be like Optimus Prime, and then one thing transform into another that serves a completely different purpose. Here's the third thing you need to do in working on on yourself and working on pleasing God. Get connected. You ain't, you, you, you won't transform 
<laughs> Matter of fact, I'll say it this way. You won't even change by yourself. Seriously, watch this. Just show of hands. I'm, you know, I'm not going to pick on you, but I just know this is the fact. How many of you have ever started, like, some type of workout regimen or weight loss program? Right, cool, right. How many of you done it by yourself? Okay, right, right, okay. How many of you were very successful by yourself? Right, right. I did that to see who would raise their hand and be lying like me. No! How many of you saw great results when you had somebody working with you? When you have somebody saying, come on, give me 10 more. Come on, you got it, you got it. And then, and then when you couldn't do it, I remember working out with James one time, and, and we were bench pressing, and I was struggling. And he just, he's like, I got it, I got it, Pastor B. And he tapped the bar, and I'm like, yeah, I got that last one in. And it felt good because I didn't want to end with nine. I'm like, I can't, that's, I ain't going out like that, James. And James was like, I got it. Boom, I finished with 10. You know what I mean? I couldn't have done it without somebody spotting me. And here it is. In life, we need spotters. See, you can make it out. You can say, hey, I want to change. But if you don't have any spotters, chances are you're going to drop the bar on you and suffocate. Chances are you're going to strain or pull a muscle. Chances are you're going to quit because nobody is there telling you, yo, you can do it. You're right there. The finish line is in front of you. You're waving the wrong flag. The white flag in NASCAR means you got one lap, but you're waving the white flag of the world saying, I surrender. And you got somebody in your corner saying, keep on going. Keep on going. You're right there. Don't you stop. And if you think you can change on your own, I'm sorry, y'all, you are being fooled. And you'll never transform. You will never transform. You need to be connected. I'm not, listen, just so y'all know, I'm not trying to get y'all to just hang out with me. I love y'all. Y'all are always invited to my crib. We love to have company. My kids ask us every week if we're having a meeting because they want to see y'all. They love seeing y'all. I'm serious. They, Brooke wrote down a thing the other day of her list of best friends. Half of them were y'all's babies. I'm not talking about your kids. I'm talking about your babies. I said, Brooke, those, they're, they're little babies. She's like, yeah, but those are my best friends. I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, she's throwing out all the, the babies. I was like, wow, that would be Sydney's friend, right? Yeah, but they're my best friends. So I says, all right. Y'all can always hang out, but this is the Bible saying it. In Hebrews, Paul speaking to the Hebrews, he says this, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Man, with Ebola and war and, and racial tension happening again, man, don't you feel like the end is coming? I do. This is why I'm trying to preach some of this stuff to you. So that if it does come and he returns, you are in good standing. I don't walk around fearing this Ebola thing. I fear God. I fear that I'm going to let him down. I know what he's done in the Bible with, with worse diseases than Ebola, worse than cancer, worse than any other thing. And I've seen how he's cured and helped a certain people. So as long as I'm on his side, I'm in good company. So that when Ebola swipes through this world, listen, I'll have that cross on my door saying, bypass me because I'm in good standing. And I want to make sure that that happens with you all. Amen? That's why I'm preaching this. But it has to happen where you are connected. Some of y'all are more familiar with the King James Version where it says, forsake not. 
the fellowship. And here's the thing. I know we all have busy schedules. If I say raise your hand if you don't have a busy schedule, nobody would raise their hand. Everybody's busy. We got stuff on our calendars. But if you are not intentionally making time for God and intentionally making time for his people, then you are in trouble. You're doing life by yourself, and you are subject to being jacked up by our spiritual adversary because he's like, man, that's what I want. I just separated this one from the sheep. Watch this. If you watch the Nature Channel, and I love the Nature Channel, if you watch the Nature Channel and you watch, if you watch uh, like, 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 like lions go after the herd, what do they do? Do they just jump in the herd and attack? Huh? Do they say, I'm just going to jump in the crowd and get whatever I can get. No, this is what they do. They work strategically. The predator, the lion, he goes and he spots the weak link. And once they spot the weak link, they separate them from the herd. And once they got them away from the herd, oh, now I got a good meal. And the devil says, I spot the weak link. I know that person likes to be alone. I know that person doesn't like to be in fellowship. I know that person has some doubts about God. I know that person don't like to go to church. So where's what I'm going to do? I'm going to separate them from the herd, and then I'm going to attack. <laughs> There's a reason why God calls the church a flock. There's a reason why the pastor is called the shepherd to protect you and guide you so that you are not separated from the flock and so that you are not the weak link easily attacked. Oh, that's good, if I may say so myself. You want to work on it? You got to pray. You got to change to be transformed. You got to get connected. And here's the final thing you must do. You got to be grateful. You must be grateful. You must be grateful. You have to be grateful. I said this time and time again, and I have to say it again. It's my constant reminder. Wherever you are today, at some point in your life, whether you're 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, you pray to be exactly where you are today, and don't you dare complain about it. You ask God for everything in your life right now. But the only thing is, because you're in a kind of a fog, because it's kind of messy right now, because it's not the way you thought it would be, you started complaining. You prayed for everything. You prayed for your marriage. You prayed for your children. You prayed for your job. You prayed for that house. You prayed for that car. You prayed for the neighborhood. You prayed for it at some point in your life. You prayed for that degree. You prayed for that debt. No, I didn't pray for debt. Well, when you asked God to give you something and he blessed you with it, you prayed for it and he gave it to you. Now deal with it. Wherever you are right now, you pray to be there, but because it's not comfortable, because it's ugly, it's not the way you want it, it's not as perfect as you thought it would be, you're complaining. And God is saying, this is not the time to complain. Let's put in some work, baby. Strap on your boots, put on your gloves, put a little bit of Vaseline on your face because we're about to battle it out. I said it time and time again, and I can't say it enough. You have to be grateful. Stop complaining and start saying amen. Stop going to God like this, give me, give me, give me, and start going like this, God, I need you. I praise you. I thank you. I know it's not what I thought it would be. I know I'm not where I want to be, but God, I'm surely not where I ought to be because what I've done in my past, I should be down there, but you see that there's more work for me to do, so I'm still here on the earth. So God, let me focus on what you got for me to do so that I can honor you with my life. 
Stop doing this and do more of this. Because where you are today, you asked to be here. And celebrate that like never before. Praise God for it. Give him all the glory and the honor and the praise. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all, A-L-L, circumstances, for this is God's will for who belong to Christ Jesus. Be grateful in all situations because remember where you are today, you asked to be here. Don't tuck your tail. Let's suit up and do the work of the Lord. It's easy to please God. But it's very difficult to satisfy him. You are not done. The race is not over. There's still so much life, love, and purpose in each and every one of you. And I dare you today to commit to working on being transformed and no longer just pleasing God, but satisfying. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.